The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Effortless. Things are spontaneously arising. like the breath movements or sensations. Sounds. Primarily aware of this beingness. That is now it's empty of any identities. It's so fruitless and futile to create or cling to any identities here. Just being. Ah, so completely, utterly relaxed in this, open, unhindered, unfettered, Allowing the ceaseless arisings of perceptions and even thoughts, but we don't pursue or try to resolve any of the thoughts, just letting them be. Who are you? Maybe this feels a little like freedom. Maybe this is satisfying. just being. Letting thoughts be. Letting them dissolve on their own. You don't have to do anything to get rid of them. No conflicts. Or promote them. Resolve them. To get more in touch with this sense of being. Try saying these two words. I am and with nothing else just I am and let it be no concepts
you are essentially alive if life said to you to your life who are you you might say I'm like you I'm life This life, this being, has no shape. Who we are, our, our essential being, is uh, is formless. It has no beginning. It's just here, no middle, no end. Just so completely here. No boundaries in space. It was never born. And it doesn't suffer. It does have consciousness. Maybe it is consciousness. relaxed, effortless, natural being. Like space. Infinitely wide, expansive, empty of identity. This is where our compassion leads us. This is an enlightened, compassionate intention to be free. Love. 
Maybe you can feel your compassionate intention. To be free, to be liberated from the painful illusions that we mistake for what is me. painful strivings, entanglements with these dreams of the mind. How we long to be free, long to be peaceful, long to be happy, love, Goodness. Wisdom. It's who we are, essentially, when we just relax and allow ourselves to come home, to simply be ourselves. Okay, thank you. So, um, welcome. Wonderful to see see all of you. All of you wonderful people who want to be free. Just like me. All of you want to be happy. Maybe take a minute and we could look at each other and realize that she's just like me. She has her own voices and images, but essentially she has this enlightened intention. She has compassion. She has love. She has wisdom. She wants to be peaceful. We're all the same in that. Sangha, supporting each other in in that intention. Maybe look at yourself for a moment. See that in yourself, that you yourself have this compassion for yourself. For your loved ones, you want your loved ones to be happy and free, right? Your friends. Maybe even passers-by, a repairman, people you meet at the grocery store. We have this natural kindness 
this natural warmth. People smile at us and we kind of melt. So sweet. We're all so sweet. Like Sharon Salzberg said, when someone is kind to us, we blossom like a flower. Actually, she said, when we see the goodness of others, we allow them to flower within. When we see the goodness in ourselves, we allow ourselves to flower. Mingyur Rinpoche, maybe the leading Tibetan Rinpoche of our time. He says uh, how essential it is to recognize this in ourselves. This is the heart of meditation is to recognize the inherent goodness in oneself and all beings. This is the quintessential practice. And the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness. Here he is, the the king of Buddhism, (laughs) certainly the king of Tibetan Buddhism. But everybody, you know, presidents, world leaders, respect the Dalai Lama. Doesn't say uh, my religion is Buddhism. It says my religion is simply kindness. And then what do you think about this radical statement by Shanti Deva, a seventh century? kind of a celestial being of Buddhism. All the joy the world contains comes through wishing happiness for others. And I think in a way we can include ourselves in the others, just this wishing happiness. All the misery in the world comes through wanting pleasure for oneself. So I had a couple of uh, discussion suggestions for our our next small group. Maybe beginning with, and this, you know, we're all so shy. It's not fair. We, it's so easy to see the goodness in others. If I, the question was, what goodness do you see in this person or that person? You could, easy. But when we say, what is your own goodness? What is your own? What do you see about your own goodness? We're a little shy. But don't be shy. It's good for you. It's, it's Mingya Rinpoche says it's quintessential. Quintessential. It's really important. And you might spend your entire time on that. That's okay. Um, but then there are a couple of other, if you exhaust that. Um, well, I think it's kind of interesting. that maybe you've had this experience, I think you have, after social experiences, we often come out of that and we have self-doubts or recriminations. I should have said this, I didn't do that. They said this about me. And um, I suggested for the next few days, when you're with others, be aware of your own kindness to them. 
your, your own goodness to them. Be. And then see how that affects the resonance afterwards. I don't know if you did that. If you didn't do that, you can probably imagine. I'm going to a St. Patrick's Day party tonight in our neighborhood. They always have it. And uh, if I go with the intention uh, to get people to like me, and then I, so I go in that room, a lot of people, you know, and, and, oh, this is the most important, important person to like me. So I go to that person first and I, I'm talking to somebody who's not that important to like me. So I looking around while I'm talking with them. That's one experience of the party. And then I come home and I, you can imagine how you feel it. Well, did the person like me or did I, was I, you know, all kinds of recriminations. But what I'm going to, personally, I'm going to go to that party with the intention of just being kind. And I don't care who I talk to. Or if I sit by myself, probably won't because they're very social. But it doesn't matter. Just be kind. And I, that's, that's going to be my intention. And then how will that affect me afterwards? Come home feeling much cleaner, I think. So, yeah, that was something to, that's something that you could perhaps think about and discuss. Kind intention. The Eightfold Path. The Buddha talks all about suffering on the first step. Second step is the intention of kindness. Of, of letting go of self-concerns and just being kind. Renunciation of self-concerns to enter the path. <clears throat> okay, so that's enough for me. <laughs> so uh, please enjoy your discussions. Um, you know, watch the time so that it's, you know, equal. And... Uh, We'll come back in about 20 minutes. I said, welcome back, and I hope you had a great discussion. Good to see you all again. Um, I wanted to make an announcement. We are having a half day in person uh, for the Senior Sangha on April 14th. So if you'd like to sign up for that, it's on the calendar. So uh, maybe if there are one or two people that would just like to comment on your discussion, what what came up, it would be just good to get a couple of voices into the large group here. Freda has her hand up. Freda? Yeah. And Gail, too, I see. Oh, Gail and I are good opponents. <laughs> <laughs> in my group, Gail wasn't there, but in my group, we were talking about uh, a comment you made, David, uh, about um, we go in with good intentions, but we come out with recriminations about our behavior. And so we got into how do we deal with this? What can we do? And um, he came up with some lovely ideas, but mainly was uh, if we were taking care of ourselves first before making a visit to a friend who might be very elderly and repetitive and telling old stories to us that we'd you know, don't have the time for really, or seem not to have the time for. Um, if we can somehow prepare for that in ourselves, um, that that would be very, very helpful. And there might be less recriminations coming out of that meeting. Hmm. And it was lovely. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, be, be prepared before you go in. What are you getting? Yeah, like I'm doing for this party I'm going to tonight. I'm prepared. 
Gail, so please. That, that I especially had, and I think Ruth was, was with me on this, that um, it's good to not depend on how I'm, whether I'm feeling love and kindness at the moment. <laughs> um, because lots of moments, due to all kinds of causes and conditions, um, maybe I'm not. And I could get worried about it. I could think, oh, I'm not not really kind um, and loving because I don't feel it, but it, it just needs to be accepted and seen as part of the whole and, and uh, the intention to credit, um, well, one person was using the, the image of peeling back the onion, the intention to peel back layers and reach the, the heart. It, it, it's just so good and lovable. Um, mm. And if we can just have faith in, in that, um, that the intention is, is there. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's, that's one of the thoughts that, that gives me a sort of faith in, in in goodness and kindness. Right. Sweet. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all. I hope you had good discussions. Those were great comments. And <clears throat> now we're very fortunate to uh, hear from my dear friend and wonderful teacher, Robert Cusick. Robert, please. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, David. And um, I'm happy to be here with all of you today. Uh, I had to come in late. I, I'm still working and <laughs> was engaged in a series of meetings this morning. So um, I missed uh, what David did, but I, I think that <clears throat> I'm not going to go too far off the rails here um, with what I want to talk about uh, with you all for the next few minutes or so. And then uh, I'll also have you go into a breakout room to, to just sort of explore together uh, a prompt that I, that I want to offer you. <clears throat> so I, I want to talk to you this morning about the quality of inherent goodness or our uh, basic essential goodness. And I, as I reflected on this, I was noticing that, you know, as people age, as we age, we naturally, we begin to experience really a dizzying array of physical and mental changes and transitions that totally run the gamut from Everything from loss, heartbreak, grief, sadness, or disappointment, disappointment in others, disappointment in ourselves, sometimes disappointment in life itself, to what could be characterized and what I would characterize as a, as a sort of the full arc. And, and on the other end is the direct knowing of a kind of indescribable happiness or a profound sense of peace and contentment that feels steady and that feels reassuring and safe. It's a refuge from the distractions and challenges and all the ups and downs of our daily life experience. And this arc is completely natural and part of what it means for us to be human. So <clears throat> In the ebb and flow of our lives, it's important, at least I think, it's important that we learn how to keep returning to and staying anchored in our heart's deeper core values and intentions, just to stay connected with our heart at this level that goes deeper than 
what we think about and what we ruminate about. So our lives are so full of experiences that trigger and challenge us and throw us off balance. I think this is true for everyone. Even a profoundly beautiful experience like compassion puts us in direct face-to-face contact with the reality of suffering in ourselves as well as in others. Suffering is our compassion is a response to suffering. So even in the realm of compassion, it's important that we learn how to return to and stay anchored in the heart and in the greater purpose that calls us all to this community that we've created here with all of you, this senior Sangha, or whatever community we're a part of, this to, to stay connected to this place that stirs in us to trust and take refuge in the Triple Gem, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And I would add to what I think David was pointing to you to earlier, it's for us to stay anchored in our own essential goodness and our ability to meet ourselves and others with kindness and care, recognizing our shared human desire that all of us want to be happy. We None of us wants to suffer. We all want to be happy and we all want to be free from suffering. So this inherent goodness is like an anchor for us. It's like a North Star if we see it this way. And this anchor can stabilize us. It can guide us. It can sustain us. And it it is what fortifies us through the vicissitudes of our own aging process, especially when we bump into the edges and all the things that we protest about and resist in the flow of our day-to-day lives. So trusting in our own essential goodness is something that can help us stay on track and feel balanced. It, It helps us to maintain a quality of um, stability that feels safe, that feels like we, you know, we're connected to to ourselves in a way that that is very organic and natural, and it really feels safe. <clears throat> and this can be an intentional and a deliberate practice. For any of us, it can be a way for us to see and acknowledge the other half of life. So what do I mean by this? What do I mean by this other half of life? Well, we know that suffering is part of life. This is, after all, what the Buddha taught. It's undeniable, and no one of us could claim that our life has been free of suffering. But to embody our full humanity, it's equally important for us to see the goodness, the kindness, and the compassion that's also present in us and around us. And it's important for us to embody and experience that directly. It's one thing to think about it. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to read about it. But to embody and experience that quality of kindness, the quality of compassion, to recognize the essential goodness that tilts you and inclines you in this direction is quite remarkable. It's quite beautiful, and it's accessible to any and all of us. So there's a psychologist, a professor of ethical leadership out at New York University, NYU, and this guy's name is Jonathan Haidt. And his research suggests that when people deliberately pay attention to qualities like kindness, like compassion and goodness in others, 
This is interesting. When we simply start to pay attention and notice these qualities in others, it promotes those, the awakening of those same qualities in ourselves. So he's a researcher and I'm a Buddhist practitioner and I might say when we cultivate those qualities in ourselves, others can begin to recognize that and and cultivate those qualities in themselves. In other words, we model for one another. So his research shows, or showed, I should say, that when we deliberately pay attention or recognize positive traits in others, it literally breaks down barriers between us and leads to more acts of kindness and compassion and all of this ripples out into the world. So, as practitioners, as we train our minds, we literally change our brains. The way that our brains function and work. And the term that Jonathan Haidt uses for this is, he calls it moral elevation. Because when we recognize these wholesome qualities in others, it figuratively elevates us and creates the causes and the conditions for us to live and act from the best version of ourselves. So you might ask, why is this important for us? That's a reasonable question. And as I mentioned earlier, this is the other half of the human experience. Yes, there is suffering, but at the same time, kindness and care and joy and goodness coexist as part of how we experience our full humanity. And unfortunately, the the goodness part, the goodness piece, doesn't get broadcast to us nearly as much as the bad news. Researchers have coined the phrase negativity bias, which uh, some of you may know of the work of Rick Hansen. He's a neuroscientist or a neuropsychologist, and he aptly describes this as Um, Our brains are like Teflon for positive thoughts, but like Velcro for negative thoughts. And I don't know if that rings true for you, but it most certainly does in my experience. You know, I gloss over that which is (laughs) easy and positive, and I, I get hooked on the things that I think are are difficult and challenging and that have tripped me up or triggered me. And this is just part of being human. And this is partly why we're having you engage in very deliberate breakout sessions together so you, you can consciously give attention to the qualities of joy and goodness and care and kindness and compassion. And in this talk that I'm giving here, I'm using the term fundamental goodness uh, to sum up the very best parts of our humanity. You can use whatever word or term works for you to describe these traits, the traits of kindness and care and goodness and compassion. And to be clear... It's a practice to consciously look for these traits, to look for goodness, to recognize it, both in ourselves. Sometimes it's the hardest place to see it, as well as to look for it in others. This intentional practice actually helps us maintain balance and clarity and inspire us as we do the hard, sometimes difficult work of meeting and addressing all the stresses and suffering, which are also part of our everyday lived experience. So before I send you into a breakout room to process with 
each other, I'm going to invite you now to just take a moment, just a moment or two, to think about and reflect on this notion of basic essential goodness and if or how it does or doesn't show up in your own life. How do you recognize this quality of your basic essential goodness? This quality that wants to be happy and doesn't want to suffer. How does this show up in your life? See you in 10 minutes, folks. Have fun. Swim in your essential goodness. Okay, so we're going to go on a break in a few minutes for about five minutes or so, a quick bio break. But before we go, we maybe have room for a comment or two. If any of you want to share what that was like for you in, in your group. Elaine has her hand up. Thank you, Elaine. Come off of mute. Good idea. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So we were saying that um, I like the format of going back and being able to go much deeper with the people that I had earlier spent time with. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Wonderful. Good. <clears throat> Don't be shy, folks. This is Freda also has her hand up, I think. Do you, Freda? Yes, I do. I do. Can you hear me? Perfectly. I, I totally agree with Elaine. Thank you for saying that, Elaine. We also enjoyed and got to know each other even better by repeating in the same session our meeting. Lovely. Lovely. That was, uh, by the way, that was Joe's idea. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> thank you, Joe. I got a third, third vote in for the same. Right. And, and I don't know what the, the prompts were for the first group, so I'm glad it was a good prompt that allowed you to take it even deeper. So... Uh, I appreciated that, too. I see. Okay, great. Yeah. great. I appreciated that, and um, and we talked about authenticity mm -hmm. in the in our session, um, you know, which is can be a fearful thing, and and because other people are going to judge you, maybe, and mm -hmm. they're not going to like you, and maybe you're going to offend somebody, and whatever. But um, it seems to me that that's important. To me, when I'm most authentic, I feel I'm at my best. You, I you are. <laughs> I agree. We're all at our best when we're most authentic. Yeah, lovely. But it's, you can, um, you can, well, you can question yourself. And, uh, you know, go back and forth about are you being authentic or are you being a charlatan? Yeah. So it gets a little complicated sometimes. So maybe we can talk about that in a, in a future um, senior saga because that's a whole topic of itself. And Randy, you're going to get the last word before we do this short break? No, I did. I think my groupmates would agree that we found that the coming together of the four of us to talk about our inherent goodness was a moment of feeling inherent goodness. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Inherent goodness recognized in other people awakens that in us. It breaks down the barriers, just like Jonathan Haidt said in his study. So, well, I'm glad that you all had an opportunity to um, to uh, share a second time. 
And let's take about a five-minute bio break, and then uh, Fiona will start promptly at 25 to the hour. So... I was a lot of the practice for me recently has morphed into a form of gratitude practice. So, insight meditation, you know, really seeing, really feeling what's going on has changed for me. There's a sense of Amazement and gratitude. Just what's arising is rather remarkable. And then I uh, listened to a talk by a um, local Zen teacher, um, and I loved the uh, title of his pep talk for aging. Uh, He said, instead of aging gracefully, um, perhaps to age gratefully, and I loved that. Just to really appreciate what's still here. Um, Robert, you know, was you know referring to the diminishments in our aging, things that are lost, the losses, the the challenges, the the changes that are unbidden, but here they come. Uh, the speaker that I'd listened to, his name is Norman Fisher, and he was talking about, you know, I, I'm i amazed. You know, I'm still, my eyesight isn't as good, but I can still see. Uh, I can still, there's so much I can still do. And to really appreciate what is here, especially this miracle of perception. I can perceive what's going on. I can see. I can notice. I can be present for what is arising. And this is a miracle. Even my breath meditation, which I've done I was sharing this with David the other day. For so long, it was, oh, this amazing sense of the body sensations in and out of the breath. Of late, it's felt more this amazement about breathing. It's happening. This amazing process of life. Being in the garden, just amazed. The trees, the plants are respiring in their way and giving the oxygen I need, this reciprocal miracle. I've, you know, you've come across practices, oh, gratefulness practices, (laughs) and it seems somewhat... uh, Oh, just one more self-help process. But what I find is actually in acknowledging a sense of gratefulness opens my heart. It relaxes the body, relaxes the mind. Like, wow, look at this. Many years ago, uh, in our area, we had a El Nino, too much water, too much rain. And our neighborhood flooded, our house flooded. Water in the house, I mean, everything was ruined. And uh, my husband and I spent every day, you know, ripping up floors and everything. Everything was filthy. And we were doing it. We were being taken care of. But I remember driving away from the house. It was still raining. One day, 
and they're in the street planting in this gray February day. Daffodils were blooming. And I was so shocked that I could see and be so appreciative of this beauty in the middle of all this challenge. There was this beauty. I want to share something that just came to me this morning. It was not what I intended to talk about. It came from another teacher at IMC in her weekly letters to her yoga community. Um, and it's a, a poem by uh, a poet I'm just learning to, about, Rosemary Watola Troman. This was in response to the fact that coming up in a few days is the International Day of Happiness. And uh, in a time when we're reading the news and we're seeing things, how, how to cultivate, acknowledge, nurture, happiness, kindness. So here's the poem. Dear Finn, this was a letter to her son. Full of seed, the bird feeder hangs from the cottonwood tree we planted years ago. Even without the birds, it's beautiful. Dangling midair with its copper perches and glass column. This morning in the news, we're going to war with each other, either with words or with missiles. It seems clear that we are our own problem. No wonder we try to bring beauty in close. The garden with its open-faced pansies. The hummingbird feeder with its hold of sugar. The battles are not what will save us. It's beauty, not just outside us, but in us. All day, let us look for ways to be like this brown bird at the feeder. See how it gathers light in its open wings. The battles are not what will save us, it's beauty not just outside us, but in us. All day, let us look for ways to be like this brown bird at the feeder. See how it gathers light in its open wings. I think we were talking earlier this inner goodness, this light inside, which has maybe been covered or unacknowledged, shy, hidden, what's there? Seems to emerge when I can relax, open, the mind, the heart, just arises this beauty. And with this just incredible gratitude, we're here. this gift of the Dharma, this gift of life. We're still here. How can we enter this day with an open heart and see what arises? 
how can we meet this life with a soft, more open heart mind? Let's just be quiet now and listen just to the breath, just to this body, sensations of aliveness, and share the space together just for a few moments. I love these words. What will save us is beauty. A beautiful heart. Cultivating kindness. Openness. May we cherish this time together and this time of our life. What an opportunity. We're still here. What an opportunity to really nurture this beautiful heart inside and share it with the world. Share it with each person we meet. What will save us? It's beauty, not just outside us, but in us. As we gather here now, on this day, coming up to the spring at Quinox, Ali mentioned earlier to many people, this is the coming of the new year. Not, not in January, but in this change of season into the spring. And the world news, you know, is, is distressing. And how to bring what beauty and kindness into the life we have here 
that we're living, wherever we are. But I did want to mention uh, if people were so inspired, uh, Gil, through Insight Meditation Center, has offered that any Donna given t- to IMC in this week, ending tomorrow, uh, will be channeled to save the children and their project and working in Ukraine right now. Um, that all that Donna received will be going to that project. There's a link on the IMC website under what's new if people are inspired to do that. Somehow share our good fortune, our generosity, our care for those who are truly suffering right now. Um, anyway, I want to thank you for your presence and uh, giving me the time to share with you. And uh, I'll hand back to David and Robert. And thank you so much for your kind attention. Thank you, Fiona. And I'll just add my thanks to everyone who's here today and to this community that's been going for several years now. It's really nice. There's many of you who are (laughs) old timers to the group and some of you who may be new. So whether you're a new newcomer or an old timer, uh, you have a home here and you're always welcome. And it is a delight to be part of uh, this program with all of you. So be well, be happy, and think peaceful thoughts and send them out to the world. The world needs all the compassion it can get. And our hearts open to the Ukrainians and also to the Russians who are being a war being waged in their name and they have nothing to do with it. And the soldiers who are conscripted and maybe really don't want to be there and don't know what else to do. It is a tragedy of epic proportions. So let there be kindness and compassion in our thoughts and not confusion and anger and and um, the kinds of things that separate people and disconnect us. Let us see the humanity in everyone. Thank you. So have a wonderful month. Thank you for joining us today. David, did you want to say anything? Just dedicate the merit. Um, whatever merit we have accumulated here today, whatever goodness, whatever, whatever insights into the beauty of our lives, the ethics of our lives, the, the goodness of each other, the goodness of ourselves. May we dedicate the merit of our insight to the well-being of all beings everywhere. May the merit of our good hearts open and the wisdom of our insight open, proliferate throughout this world to help help with all the suffering in the world, to help calm all the suffering of the world, to help the, as Robert said, to all the suffering in Ukraine, to help all the problems of horrible racial discrimination, all the suffering that's caused to really penetrate the universal problem of this insane monkey mind that grasps and causes so much suffering. I'll just end with this poem that I read before. May, May we and may all beings rest in natural great peace. 
this exhausted mind, beaten helplessly by karma and neurotic thoughts like the restless fury of pounding waves in the infinite ocean of samsara, may we rest in natural great peace. Mm. Rest in your true being. It's always here. Okay, many blessings. Come off mute and say goodbye to one another. Uh Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. 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 Thank you.